everyone. Welcome back to Keep Them Wild, the wildlife news podcast. I'm Lorea, one of your hosts, and today I have another animal awareness mini episode. So today is August 4th, which means it is International Clouded Leopard Day. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize up front if the audio for this episode sounds a little different and maybe not as good as some of our others. I don't have my normal setup right now because I'm currently recording this on my computer in my truck. As a lot of you know, I'm a field biologist and I'm currently on assignment out in the middle of nowhere. And although you couldn't ask for a prettier spot to record this episode, it's really windy outside. There's definitely a big storm of brewing heading this way. So I'm going to just go ahead and jump in and try to get this episode done before it starts to rain on me. Because if that happens, I can assure you the audio will definitely not be good. So Clouded Leopard Day was established in 2018 by Howlett's Wild Animal Park to raise awareness about the clouded leopard. And clouded leopards are considered a big cat, although they're often described as bridging the gap between big and small cats, mostly because they're really quite small for a big cat, but genetically they're most closely related to the other big cats. So clouded leopards are not a type of leopard as their name implies. They're actually a separate species of wild cat, And in fact, there are two separate species of clouded leopards. And recent research has proposed that clouded leopards branch from other members of Pantherinae over 6 million years ago, which would make them the most ancient feline species alive today. Clouded leopards are found from Nepal, Bangladesh, eastern India, through Indochina to Sumatra and Borneo, and northeastward to southern China. Clouded leopard populations are healthiest in Borneo, And it's suspected that this is the case because there are no tigers or leopards to compete with the clouded leopard on Borneo. As far as their habitat goes, clouded leopards prefer to live in lowland tropical rainforests, but they can also be found in dry woodlands and secondary forests. And in Borneo, they've also been reported to live in mangrove swamps. And up in Nepal, they've been spotted in the foothills of the Himalayas. So the two species of clouded leopard are the clouded leopard, which is Neophilus nebulosa, and the Sunda clouded leopard, which is Neophilus diardi. I don't think I mentioned this in the tiger episode, but Sunda clouded leopards as well as Sunda tigers get their name from Sundaland or the Sunda region, which refers to the islands of Sumatra, Borneo, Java, Bali, and the Malayan Peninsula. And these are all places where the clouded leopard can be found. Overall, it appears that the Sunda clouded leopard is just a little bit bigger than the mainland clouded leopard, but they're about the same size and look very similar. And like I said before, both of their status on the IUCN red list is vulnerable. According to the IUCN red list in 2020, the population of clouded leopards on the mainland, so Neophilus nebulosa, was between 3,700 and 5,600. And according to the IUCN red list in 2015, which was the last time they did a population estimate, or at least updated their population estimate of the Sunda clouded leopard, there's about 4,500 Sunda clouded leopards. So like I said, they're roughly the same size, which is up to 23, 25 kilograms, which is between 50 and 55 pounds. And they generally grow to 60 to 100 centimeters in length, which is two to three and a half feet. Clouded leopards have dark grayish brown colored fur, 
often with spots that are usually a darker brown with black edges, and they're kind of like this squiggly shape that resembles clouds, hence the name clouded leopard. And these patterns provide them with excellent camouflage in the forest. Another cool thing about clouded leopards is they have the largest canines of all cats relative to their size, which is approximately four to five centimeters, which is one and a half to two and a half inches. One of the really neat things about clouded leopards is how good of climbers they are. So they're very agile climbers. They can run up tree trunks. They can climb amongst the branches and run headfirst down them. And they can even hang upside down from the branches with their rear feet and climb trees almost like a monkey. So if you look at pictures or there's some really amazing videos of clouded leopards on YouTube, and I'm actually going to link one in the show notes so that you can take a look at how amazing these animals are built. Their paws are so huge and you can just see that they're just built to be amazing climbers. Funnily enough, even though clouded leopards are great climbers, scientists believe that they do most of their hunting on the ground and their primary prey are deer, pigs, monkeys, and squirrels and birds. There's not a ton known on clouded leopards. They're generally considered very elusive, uh, probably mostly nocturnal, and scientists are not entirely sure about all of their behavioral nuances, but they assume that they're probably solitary animals like most other cats. Um, females give birth to a litter of one to five cubs every year, so that's different than tigers and some of these other big cats that typically only breed every other year. And young clouded leopards remain dependent on their mother for about 10 months, which is why she's able to reproduce every year. And their gestation is only 93 days. So why are clouded leopard populations declining? This is mostly to habitat destruction and illegal poaching, like many of the animals in this region experience. And they are officially protected in most countries where they live, but the enforcement of these laws and policies is still really challenging in some of these areas. And it's also been really difficult to successfully monitor clouded leopard habitat, which has made it hard to prevent people from illegally hunting them or destroying their habitat. When specifically looking at the Sunda clouded leopards range, around 30% of the forest that they previously inhabited has been completely destroyed. And this is predominantly due to forest clearance for settlements in agriculture, including palm oil plantations. And even when not all of their habitat is wiped out, there's large instances of habitat fragmentation, which makes it more difficult for them to move from territory to territory, and it really interrupts their breeding, and it also makes them susceptible to inbreeding, which limits their genetic diversity and their resistance to disease and all of that good stuff. Like I said, clouded leopards are also killed for illegal trade, and some of their body parts are used in Asian traditional medicine. And so a lot of these cats are illegally hunted and killed for their skins and other body parts. So between illegal trade, poaching, and habitat destruction due to deforestation, their populations are struggling and projected to continue to struggle unless we can get a better handle on deforestation and anti-poaching enforcement. I always try to end these episodes by celebrating the organizations that are doing really great things to help these species. And I was actually having a difficult time finding a large group of organizations dedicated to clouded leopard conservation. And I think that's a pretty big indicator on maybe where we are with conserving this species. 
but there were some that really stood out. Based on what I could find out, Global Conservation seems to be one of the leading organizations in clouded leopard conservation, and they support other groups like the Forum Conservase Lucer in Indonesia, and they work to prevent further habitat loss that would significantly degrade biodiversity and ecosystem services. And Global Conservation also protects habitats by working with Cambodia's Central Cardamom Mountains National Park and Thailand's Thap Land National Park. And the other big coalition working to conserve the clouded leopard is the Clouded Leopard Working Group, which is comprised of several different organizations that have come together to streamline their goals and work together for the clouded leopard. And these organizations include the Small Wildcat Conservation Foundation, the Wildlife Conservation Network, Rewild, Third Pole Conservancy, the Ellen DeGeneres Wildlife Fund, and the Species Conservation Fund. Uh, Two other organizations worth mentioning are the World Land Trust, whose primary focus is procuring lands to protect them. And they have protected a lot of habitat that the clouded leopard inhabits. And then there's also the Feline Conservation Fund that has some clouded leopard-specific projects. So if you're interested in learning more about the clouded leopard, I'll have all of the resources that I use linked in the show notes. But I also really recommend that you check out these organizations. Several of them definitely have some opportunities for donation. So if you're looking to provide some monetary support to the Clouded Leopard, here's a handful of organizations to start with. And that's all I have for you. I hope you enjoyed this short and sweet episode, and I hope it got you inspired to learn more about the Clouded Leopard. Again, there's tons of amazing videos out there. I really recommend, if you have not seen footage of this amazing cat, Go do that right now, or if you're driving, do that as soon as you have safely parked your car. But they really are amazing, and I'm excited to learn more about them as well. If you haven't checked out our Instagram post about all of the Animal Awareness Days in August, please do that. Or there was also a really brief three-minute episode where I just named and listed all of the Animal Awareness Days in August. Like I said in that episode, we will try to get as many done as possible, but it'll probably only end up being about one a week. And then we'll also have our regular news episode next week. In that episode, we will cover some of the main news stories that have been happening, and then we'll take a bigger deep dive and do a news roundup of the avian influenza, because we're about a year since the major outbreak, and I think it's worth us taking a look into how it has affected us and how it's going to continue affecting wildlife and that maybe we're not totally out of the woods there yet. So stay tuned for that. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please tell a friend. The best way for us to grow our audience is word of mouth. And we really, really appreciate every single one of you listening. If you want to write in with questions, concerns, comments, topic suggestions, or if you have a really amazing wildlife story that you'd like to share, please email us at adventurersforanimals at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram at adventurersforanimals, and we will talk to you next week.